Once again, ladies, gentlemen, fanatics of all ages, welcome to the second in an unknown series length of bonus episodes that I'm calling Sleep Therapy, name subject to change. Hopefully it doesn't put you to sleep while listening. That's not the point. It's a pun. It's wordplay. And nobody knows wordplay better than my guest. What do you know about wordplay? (laughs) You don't know anything about wordplay. Pumping you up. How dare you interrupt me? Joining me on this bonus episode is none other than the latest and greatest addition to a website you may have heard of if you followed baseball at all in the last uh, 15 or so years. It goes by Fangraphs, Fangraphs.com, maybe new to some of you. Uh, He's previously of the ringer, Grantland, of uh, prestigious Phillies blogs such as Crash Burn Alley, Phillies Nation, the frontiersman it is none other than Mr. Michael Bauman. Bauman, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? You know what? I'm I'm doing all right. I would have been better if um, things had turned out a little bit differently at the old ball yard today. Yeah. And that's okay. They can't win them all. Um, but you were there. You were at Citizens Bank Park, not yeah. Thursday and Friday. Uh, and, and I'm kind of wondering just to sort of get, I saw it before we get started. I saw your man, Matt Gelb there. He looked so cold on Friday. (laughs) I just want like, I want to ask on behalf of the listeners, are you having me on because he froze to death? Cause I didn't see him after the end of the game on Friday. I am, I am unaware of his icicle status, but that's good to know. I'll be sure to ask him. No, I, I'm, I'm curious because I'm having a hard time figuring this out from a distance watching through my screen. Did anything feel different at the park Thursday and Friday? Obviously, the Phillies won both games, which is great. But did anything feel different from the last couple of years? Does it does it feel like there's that energy that this team is closing in on a playoff spot, or is it just is it just sort of weighing on everybody that the last few years happened? I think everybody's. I've had this conversation with a couple of people while I was there. I will say so. I'll say two things about that. The first is that. The energy when they were down three nothing to the Blue Jays on Wednesday mm. from then, like I think that might have been a seat like a season altering uh, rally ending in Matt Vierling's Baltimore chop. Like there, yeah. there was such a sense of oh god, it's happening again. And then just the energy in the entire stadium. And, you know, I can't speak for what's going on inside the players' heads, but definitely uh, inside the building, it it was completely different after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, and I was explaining this to, to Jake Mintz from my one time ringer colleague, uh, uh, who was there, um, who was there on Friday and we ended up talking about this and I said, I don't think people trust this team yet. I think there's so much pent up like disappointment with the way the past five to how I'd say five to nine or 10 years have, have gone. Right. And it's just so hard to believe that something to believe that the other shoe isn't going to drop. And one thing that, you know, one reason I'm confident that the Phillies are going to make the playoffs is I don't, I, you know, as, as disappointing and frustrating and, and inconsistent as they've been throughout parts of the season, uh, the Brewers are even more so like yes. it's, it's a classic example of, of, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. And I think the Phillies are going to outrun the Brewers. But, you know, your average fan going to Citizens Bank Park doesn't watch a lot of the Brewers. And they, you know, probably haven't internalized that. And 
you know, I wouldn't blame anybody seeing how the 2020 season ended, for instance. Uh, I wouldn't blame anybody for for expecting the worst. But I do think like this team is just, you know, it's it's not on the level of like the 2010, 2011 teams, but it's it's good enough that I feel pretty confident that, that things are going to be OK, particularly with the week schedule they have coming up in the the next week. Um, yeah, it I don't blame anybody for not being optimistic. I will never yeah. hold anybody's pessimism against them. But but I do think it's it's starting to get safe to hope. And, and that's one thing I come back to, right? Because I, I'm I'm on Team Hope. I have been on Team Hope for a little while now, mostly as like- a, Our entire lives, you've been on Team Hope. It's been <laughs> but so case, annoying. Mostly like as, as a self-preservation thing, because I, I've wanted to enjoy this team so much just, just from the outset, from the, the Shorver and Castellano signings and the offseason on through. It just seemed like it was going to be more fun than it had been the last couple of years. And I'm talking like even in the immediate aftermath of signing Harper, like something about this team mm-hmm. seemed a little bit more fun, flaws and all. But I, I do wonder, and, and I think your your point about um, feeling a little bit uh, uh, gun shy comes into play here because I've been struggling to try and you know cast myself out there into the rest of the fan base and wonder does does this team have enough benefit of the doubt from the way they played this summer and the games they stole with the uh, previous year's teams would not have come close to winning some of these games. Um, does the does this summer's play counterbalance against some of the past few years or is it uneven? Like <laughs> no. I know we're comparing like, different... not, not like psychically. It doesn't. I, yeah. The vibes were so bad with this team, mm-hmm. even dating back to even before Harper, like the Arietta signing, like we thought oh, sure. that they were going to turn a corner in like 2016, 17. And mm-hmm. then no, none of the kids developed and they, like they they kept busting draft picks the they the the big name veterans couldn't get them over the hump like they went out at the first week after after acquiring um like harper and real muto they just crushed what was it the braves the first weekend it was that yes. season yes. yeah and they just fell on their faces and like the the gabe kapler hobie milner incident and then you know <laughs> everybody hates joe girardi and then nobody's vaccinated and they're just this team was so hard to root for as recently as may or june of this year mm, and they made it tough uh, yeah and the the other thing about that's tough to explain to, to outsiders is the lag that all non-eagles teams in this city have in oh, terms sure. of, of like results and perception, like it's going to take a while for the Phillies to win enough to build enough credit and momentum in the local media to get, you know, to get casual fans back on board. So, you know, I was a little disappointed that they were only in the, the high 20,000s uh, during, uh, during the four games I went to this week. Um, but, I, you know, I don't, I'm not surprised by that because it's going to take them actually making the playoffs for everybody to realize, oh, it's safe to believe again. Uh, and I don't begrudge anybody that skepticism because this team over the past five years has done very, very little uh, to deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I think actually, as we're talking and as we're recording here, the Brewers and Reds game has just gone final with the Brewers winning 10 to two. And so Milwaukee is now a game and a half back of the Phillies. Again, the Phillies are, are holding the tiebreaker there. I, I think one thing Matt and I have discussed on a couple of previous episodes, and I'm still not entirely sure where I fall on this, but I know I lean toward uh, one particular direction, probably like 70-30 right now, is if the Phillies do not have a home playoff game, 
which if they are eliminated in this wild card series, they will not. They will not have a home playoff game. That's a new wrinkle with this new format. If you get into the wild card as the lower seed, it's entirely possible, and in fact, possibly even likely, uh, that you never get to see your home field in the postseason. And that would be the first time any team has ever experienced that. Does that make it less real to you if they do clinch a spot but never actually get to play a game with this squad in Citizens Bank Park for, you know, postseason advancement? You know, no, but I sort of consume baseball in an unusual way compared to your average fan. So, you know, I... I think it would definitely help, not to the extent that that Seattle, for instance, like I'm going to be heartbroken if the Mariners don't get a, mm. a home playoff game after a 21 year drought. But, you know, That's I guess good. at the same time, the Phillies have the second longest playoff, well, drought, yeah. don't they? So it, I think that's still recent enough in, in everybody's memories that, that we can still remember like it wasn't 20, almost 20 years like it was last time. Um, mm-hmm. And. So it is cool as it would be to see the the stadium packed in uh uh for for a playoff series i think just getting back there even if it's only on tv uh is going to do a lot to validate what the phillies have done this season and dating back to last off season uh and and generate like a lot of good feeling and good momentum uh in terms of, of public opinion going forward so i it would be nice definitely i think it would mean a lot but i don't think it's essential to to really get people back on the bandwagon you know, I, one thing that's been particularly nice about this team is how much contribution they've gotten from the the edges of the roster, the fringe yeah. guys, the marginal value, the 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 the, 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 the surplus, value, whatever term you want to use. There, there have been a lot of guys who have played, you know, some version of hero ball, whether it's while Bryce Harper was out, whether it's while Zach Wheeler was out, whether it's now while Nick Castellanos has been out. There have been guys stepping up, you know the ninth spot in the order has been fantastic. I think the broadcast was saying today that the ninth spot in the order has the fourth most hits in major league baseball this year, something along those lines. It's just, it's, it's been great. It's been fantastic. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of guys who are putting together these unsung hero type seasons, the kind of seasons that you, you need to have if you want to make some kind of competitive run, you know, you think back to the, Phillies teams that actually won something. You think about Jeff Jenkins, right? You think about Tadaguchi in, in 07. You think about, you know, these guys who had such a small time with this team relatively. You know, of course you remember the Utleys and the Howards and even the Jason Wirtz and the, the Chooches. But these guys who are on the fringes of the roster who put together these, these bits of heroics on, on the way to, you know, contention, the Phillies this year are getting a lot of those. Yeah. More than they have recently. And you know, just some of the names, these are, these are numbers coming into today and they've, they've been affected uh, since today's game has gone final on Saturday, but you know, Brandon Marsh in the, the acquisition from the angels has been good. I mean, he struck out a lot and hasn't really walked much. So some of that's a little fluky, whatever he's actually produced. That's I don't fine. think that's fluky. I think that's going to keep happening. Well, but he's still well, been, that a, part, yeah, he's yes. still been a, a good contributor. Yeah. 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 Garrett Stubbs has been a cult hero. You know, th- there have been a couple of big hits from Jairo Munoz, and then you go on down to guys who you never expected to see on this team who were in the system, like Dalton Guthrie, who all he's doing is getting on base around like a 600 clip or something ridiculous like that. Like, what is it about these guys? And I know this is going to be really hard to answer, so maybe just I'll prompt it a different way. How much have you been enjoying watching all of these guys, these unsung heroes just sort of come together to help keep this team 
more than afloat, but in playoff position while some of their bigger players have either been out or scuffling. Well, what the the point you make about needing those guys, that's a difference between making the playoffs and not, because the problem with the Phillies the past few years has not been the stars. Like it hasn't mm. been like there's been like a bad Segura season here or a bad Nola season there. But for the most part, like Harper, Wheeler, Real Muto, uh, Hoskins, Segura, Nola, those guys have, have been fairly consistent over the past few years. They've just gotten nothing from the bench and the kids in the bottom half of the order. Mm-hmm. And this year, you just look at like what Guthrie's been doing the past couple of weeks, what the, Matt Vierling coming up with big hits, uh, some of the the big clutch home runs that Bryson Stotts had. It's yeah. not, it's not just that those guys are producing and putting up good stat lines, but they're making contributions beyond what is obvious in the numbers in terms of just whether this is, you know, inherent clutchness or just noise. I, at this point, I don't think it really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the difference between an 81 win team and a 90 win team is just getting a little bit from the fringe players. And I think a lot of that is, it comes down to Rob Thompson. He's sort of a, he's a, I guess a more hands-off manager, but like just let the guys cook. And for a young player, for a rookie, for particularly somebody like Veerling or Guthrie, who wasn't, or Bailey Falter today's start notwithstanding, uh, who wasn't like a big time prospect, who's being thrown into a pretty scary environment in a high, you know, high leverage situation. uh, Just knowing that the team believes in you is huge. And, you know, that's, I didn't do a lot of reporting on the, on the Philly side this week. I was mostly covering um, the Braves and Blue Jays while they were in town for, for articles I've been working on uh, this week. But something that that came up with the players I was talking to is just the importance of, of like, you know, accepting failure or playing without fear like that, just that mental side. I think players are, are getting a lot more comfortable talking about it. And I think that's always been important, but the Phillies are doing a better job of, of nurturing the younger players and, and they've been coming up in, in a huge spot, you know, time and time again, this season. And that's, you know, it's the difference between them, being fairly comfortable ahead of the Brewers and chasing them. And here we go again. I really do think that's important. Yeah. You know, the mental aspect of this is really going to be really going to be critical because especially now today, the Phillies drop a game to the Brewers and they may drop a game also to the Padres, depending on how tonight's game goes there. That's as we're recording in the bottom of the fifth and the Padres have a three to one lead. That's, that's got a long way to go yet. But I think there's going to be a lot of pressure from the fans that are there and the fans that are still paying attention, even, you know, with Eagle season kicking up and a lot of hype around that team. You know, the Phillies were always going to take a backseat when that season started up, no matter what, no matter how well they were playing, just because, like you said, that's how that's how Philadelphia operates. But I think it's going to be important that as this race stays tight and it looks like it might stay tight at the very least starting on Sunday, it will be tight. There will be three games within yeah. uh, three teams within, you know, a game and a half, two games of each other. That there's going to be that pressure coming from the outside. There's going to be external pressure because there are still a lot of people who care about what this team does. <laughs> Just to put it simply. And there's been some focus on, you know, the improved clubhouse, the additions of guys like Kyle Schwarber, who are, you know, there to keep some of these younger guys' heads above water and keep them grounded. I guess what I'm getting at here is we're not going to we're not going to go all the way to the end of the season and think about what happens if everything goes wrong. But in in the interregnum and actually getting to that point, 
these next couple of weeks. How are they going to survive this? Can they, can they survive the pressure that will come from all of the angst and anxiety that this fan base possesses yeah. as they get this close to ending a decade-long playoff drought but are still so far from actually securing it? So I have a lot of confidence. I was really impressed with the variety of games that they won Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because they stole a game on Wednesday. They won an absolute rock fight on mm. on Thursday, and then they blew the Braves out on Friday. And like when they took um, when they took Nola out, um, uh, Nick Nelson started to like the crack started to show, but they only gave up the one run, and right. like it, that game didn't get interesting again uh, until it was over. And I think like that's how good teams operate. And what we've seen from the Phillies over and over is underachieving, playing down to the level of their competition. Um, and that's what they're going to need to avoid the next week. Cause in terms of pressure, like next three games against the Cubs, the three after that uh, in Washington, mm-hmm. all on the road, those places are going to be dead. There's going to yes. be no energy in those ballparks. And so you got to like, can find a way to, to, I'm going to use a word that that athletes uh, love and I hate oh, you oh. got to find a way to compete, Ooh, even okay, though the okay. like the atmosphere is not uh, conducive to really driving home that, um, you know, the it's not a playoff atmosphere is, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Uh, and that's been what's tripped the Phillies up. You know, it's the meme dating back to when we were in high school. It's like, you know, they'd never beat the Marlins. You know, that's they got to beat the equivalent of the Marlins yeah. uh, in the next week. Because that last three game series, I don't know. It's the uh, that worries me a little bit just because the Houston series, the Houston series. Yeah. For two reasons. One, if you want to talk about environment. Like I can tell you firsthand Minute Maid Park when the Astros are good and like and October comes around is loud. It is a very tough place to play. Uh, And the other thing is the Astros don't have anything to play for, but their roster is so good. Their pitching staff is so deep. They can't they almost can't take their foot off the gas, even if they're not like riding Verlander or uh, or Lance McCullers or they you know, or they spell Jordan Alvarez. They've got so many impact players that they're still going to be. I'd argue that almost any combination from their roster will be a match for the Phillies. So it's not like they're going to lay down. Um, So I would, it's possible and also strongly preferable to go into that, uh, going to last uh, three game set in Houston, not needing much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe, you know, if winning one will be enough, I think that, that uh, that's the ideal place. That's where they want to be by the end of next week. Cause that's you you make the playoffs by beating up on bad teams and that's what they need to do yes so we have eight games remaining the phillies have eight games remaining between now and that series in houston which starts on monday october the third all right i say three against the nationals i guess it's four but yeah uh yes it's it's four against the nationals three in wrigley and and i think you're right about atmosphere by the way even though um cubs fans typically do show up decently even when the cubs are bad this close to the end of the year with the Cubs firmly out of it, you know, it might be a little bit diminished from, from what they usually, you, you want to talk about a team that's turned its fan base off too. Mm. Like the, the vibes are, are real bad in Chicago right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, one thing that I think is interesting actually in, in comparing the schedules of the Phillies and the Brewers and the Padres coming down the stretch here 
is that after the Phillies wrap up this series against the Braves, that's it. That, that's their final home mm-hmm. game with uh, 10 games remaining. So they have three series on the road to close out the year in Chicago, in Washington, in Houston. Meanwhile, the Padres are at home. They have a little bit of a tougher road. Their final three series are three against the Dodgers, three against the White Sox, and three against the Giants, while the Brewers have two against the Cardinals, which probably isn't so interesting at this point anymore, four against the Marlins, and three against the Diamondbacks, who are not having a great year overall, but are, are I, I disagree. I think the Diamondbacks are compared to expectations, like they're light years ahead of where I expected them to be. They're okay, going to be a fair. really tricky matchup for anybody down the stretch. Yeah, you know, they, they are our, our South Jersey legend. Zach Allen gave, uh, <laughs> gave the Dodgers all run. they could handle yeah. the other day. That's right. So that's right. I think they could be really tough. Like, I don't That's not a, a pushover. I, all those teams really like could could really give the, the Padres and, and Brewers a tough time. I, I think the the one of the last remaining ghosts that the Phillies have left to conquer for the rest of this season is what's showing up in their home road splits right now. They are they are performing far better at home than they are on the road, as teams tend to do. But in this case, I think they're one game over 500 on the road. And <laughs> again, you, you don't want to think too much about what could go wrong here. But the fact is, the schedules, given their performances of these teams, are slightly tilted against the Phillies here for a team that needs the breaks. Do we think, and do we have enough faith? And I think this goes back to the benefit of the doubt from earlier this summer that despite this, I guess we'll call it a statistical disadvantage. If that's really what it is that we think the Phillies still have what it takes to really push this over the finish line here, because it does not seem to be the easiest road, all things considered, even given the opponent, even given the, Uh, potential stakes off situation with Houston. Is there reason for anybody to think themselves in a circle and say, Oh boy, I don't feel good about this position. Even with the Phillies still an effective two and a half games up for the last. That sounds like that sounds like you're doing this to yourself right now. I'm just trying to pose the questions. I'm I'm trying to put just asking questions. You know, I am, I am because I'm trying to think about all the different ways people could be perceiving the way this team is coming toward the end here. Because it doesn't really feel like this team has a consistent through line of fan opinion. There are people with, thankfully, in a way, shades of gray with just about every spot on this roster. You can find people with different opinions on how they feel about um, everything short of of Wheeler and and you know Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto. There are different ways people are perceiving just about every other spot in this lineup right now. You can get different opinions about Reese Hoskins different opinions about Aaron Nola, about who might be the game three starter, whether that's Ranger Suarez or Bailey Falter. There's a lot of, there's a lot of granular thought about what this team could do and how it should be constructed and how it might perform that. I think this level of thought and getting this microscopic about it is, is part of what some of the fan base is doing here. And I'm just wondering if that's, if that's rational or if we should really just, I, I I will continue to trust them because that's just what I did. I'm committing to the bid at this point. But do we have enough to really say, yeah, we should trust that everything will play out favorably, or at least 
the cards are in the Phillies' favor right now. And if things do go awry, well, uh, that's a conversation to have for later. Well, what I'll say is this. I think this is about as easy a road as you could expect. I would rather have mm. the Phillies remaining schedule, even though the, the last three series are all on the road. I'd rather have that than e- what either of the other two teams have. Interesting. Um, and the other thing is like, it's put up or shut up time. This is what's in front of them. They've got an edge. They've got the tiebreaker. Like if you can't wrap it up now, you don't deserve to go to the postseason. Like this is, what they have to do. So I think like as granular as we like to get as much as we're trying to, to split hairs, like it's about to get extremely simple and it's going to come down to just, you know, winning as many of these last uh, nine or 10 games as they can. And, you know, it's, I, I guess that's sort of a reductive view from, you know, a guy who writes for an analytics site, but (laughs) But the what's what's in front of them is so there's just so little baseball left and they're going to be the better team in uh, at least seven of the uh, the last 11 games on the schedule. Hmm. And so and if they win seven out of 11, then like then they're going to the playoffs. No questions. asked. So just do that, you know, try to I I think (laughs) getting it just win. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. They, true. they taking, taking the first two of the brave series was huge. I, I think like that was a, that was something like they, if, if they, I think if they were going to get in their own heads, it would have happened. And particularly winning that first game, one, nothing, yeah. um, even getting out of, out of this series against the Braves with the split, I think they're in, on solid footing. And then they, you know, they just got to beat worse teams. You know, it's not so know. Si- like it's not simple when you put it that way. Yeah, like you know, going on the road. I will say, talking about like granular stuff, like yeah. what's what mystifies me okay. is uh, is the Phillies have been a lot worse on on the road, but Bryce Harper's been a lot better on the road this year. Mm. Uh, somebody who couldn't get it, who couldn't buy a hit all week before the home run he hit today. Um, he's his uh, and particularly against um, against left handed hitters like. I think it's like 200 points of batting average or something against left-handed pitchers. Sorry. His, his home road splits and really? overall it's, it's like 170 points of, of no OPS. Kidding. Yeah. Like I, I was, I noticed that. Wow. I was looking at the, the splits last night. It was so like the difference was so stark. I thought it was a misprint at first. Um, so I don't know what's going on with him, but you know, they've gotten away with it because their second best hitter Dalton Guthrie has been absolutely ah. on fire. And <laughs> You know, they take him out of the lineup. They lose today. Uh, you know, you sort of get what you deserve. So I hope we correlation you know, we return, to, we return to, to Dalton Guthrie in the lineup and that it'll be smooth sailing from here on out. All right. There are there are three series left after Sunday wraps up. What is one thing? It could be a player. It could be a facet of the game. What is one thing you are looking for? either to to happen or it's something to appear. What is one thing you think needs to happen? short of literally clinching because duh there's one thing that needs to happen in these last three series that you want to see in order to, to feel better about this team, potentially clinching a playoff spot and heading into the postseason. I want to see Harper hit honestly. Mm. Like, you know, I, there's only so much one star player can do as he proved by the way he's played his first couple of seasons in Philadelphia and not made the playoffs. Like, but right. 
like he's such a, a huge he's such a special hitter and his ability to elevate this lineup when he's when he's on makes it all the more conspicuous when he's not mm. um and they've got you know they got a five five hit game out of um out of Rio Muto uh they got a five hit game out of Matt Vierling the other day you know guys up and down the lineup have been hitting and Harper has sort of been conspicuous by his absence and he's certainly done enough you know playing through a, a tough injury that I, I wouldn't blame him at all. Like, he will not be the problem if they don't make the playoffs, but it would make me feel more confident if we saw, you know, if, if what we saw, um, or if that home run today is the start of a, a hot streak. I think if he gets hot, it's it's all over. And, you know, he's not the only star-level player who's being talked about like this. Um, I think everybody except, like, basically the Dodgers and the Astros are, like, a little bit tetchy about, mm. you know, feeling a little bit nervous about, uh, the way their lineups are are coming together, coming into this postseason. So you know you hear the same thing said about Vladimir Guerrero, for instance. Um, but you you just want your stars to be playing well at the the most important time. And you know I wouldn't take for granted that the Phillies are going to keep getting uh, performances like they've gotten out of the the daycare kids in the the bottom half of the lineup uh, for the rest of the season. Like you do need your stars to to contribute. So you know I I think they. They've won what three out of their last five with, you know, without him really hitting well. So they can certainly continue doing that. Uh, and if they win at that pace, headed you know towards the end of the schedule, then they'll probably make the playoffs anyway. But you do want to see him. I think if nothing else, just for the sake of his own confidence, because um, he's he's someone who's very very aware of like his own stature and his own importance to to this team. You know, you want to see him heading into the playoffs you know, feeling good about the way he's swinging the bat. All right. So as we sit here today, scale of one to 10, we'll put it that way. How are you feeling about the Phillies making the playoffs? One being 1964 is imminent. 10 being, let's start thinking about that playoff roster. Um, let me pull up the playoff odds at a little website called fangraphs.com. I've never heard of it. Okay. Well, it's... <laughs> If you like the color green, you're going to like Fangraphs. Ah. It's a big, it's a website about green. Um, The current playoff odds as we sit here are 88.2% for the Phillies. So Mm. call that nine out of 10 and subtract one because I'm from the Philadelphia area and therefore a pessimist. So eight out of 10. That is like, you look at, this is, this is something that I really do think you get less freaked out the more you look at the probability. Cause it's not, cause what this says, you know, 88.2% doesn't say the Phillies are absolutely going to make the playoffs. Right. But it would take something very unusual. You know, it, it's, right. what is this? Uh, like a seven out of eight chance, you know, uh-huh. one, there's like a one in eight chance that they don't make the playoffs, which is, it, you know, it's it wouldn't even be like that surprising, but you feel if you have seven out of eight odds, you feel good, good about that. Yeah. yeah. So why shouldn't the Phillies? And and like I said, like as as much as much reason as there is to to doubt them or to, you know, wait for some, you know, for the curse of the the witch that they buried underneath the home bullpen uh, to <laughs> come up and bite them like the Brewers have been snake bit. The mm. Padres have been snake bit, too. Like they're they're playing divorced guys, you know, like if this is a, um, <laughs> there's nobody really, really coming in and tearing the cover off the ball right now. And I think they, you know, why can't us, right? That's oh, the, baby. to, 
to bring back the the great choral refrain why can't us beautiful quantified optimism all right well like we said the phillies have just over a week and a half's worth of games remaining on the schedule the home finale is sunday again against the braves at one o'clock eastern and then they hit the road for three in chicago three in washington four in washington excuse me and three in houston and we'll know by this time next week well hopefully a little bit more than we know right now michael bauman writer fangraphs.com fan fangraphs 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 fangraphs.com fangraphs.com thanks so much for hopping on yeah my pleasure